In this week's Insights Unlocked, User Testing's Vice President of Corporate Marketing, Paige Musto, talks with Christy Morrison, a Senior Manager for Digital Intelligence and Optimization at F5. Their conversation was recorded at User Testing's The Human Insights Summit in Seattle last month. They touch on various topics related to digital marketing, including creative and prototype testing, as well as using qualitative insights to better understand the why behind your web analytics. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing, where we bring you candid conversations and stories with the thinkers, doers, and builders behind some of the most successful digital products and experiences in the world, from concept to execution. Welcome to the Insights Unlocked podcast. We are recording this live at User Testing's The Human Insights Summit. I'm Nathan Isaacs, and joining us today as host, is Paige Musto, Vice President of Corporate Marketing at User Testing. Welcome, Paige. Thank you. <laughs> and our guest today is Christy Morrison, Senior Manager for Digital Intelligence and Optimization at F5 here in Seattle. Her focus is creating world-class experiences across all digital channels for F5's customers, both current and prospective. And while nobody is asking, I would like to mention that Christy and I went to grad school together getting our MBAs at Willamette University. Welcome to the show, Christy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, we got two MBAs in the house, myself included, actually, but I didn't go to Willamette, but uh, uh, shout out. It's, it's Willamette, damn it. <laughs> Not oh. Willamette. <laughs> Willam Willamette, damn Willamette, it. Willamette, damn it. Oh, is, oh. That, is, that, is that? Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's how you know how you're saying it, right? <laughs> Willamette, damn it. And we're live. Oh, shoot. Are we actually uh, live live? I think we're live. Okay. Oh, okay. We are live from the HX living room, but I think we were live before that as well. So who knows what they just captured just there. Just curious where the curse words <laughs> need to keep it professional, Christy. Are there kids in the room? I guess that's what you ask. <laughs> All right, Christy. So F5 is a customer of user testing. Is that right? We are a customer of user testing. Yes. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks for the business. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I guess for those of us that don't know who F5 is or what F5 does, do you want to do a little elevator pitch for us? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. A lot of folks don't. And I think that's um, in some ways maybe a good thing because uh, that means our products are working. So we power the technology or, or create the technology behind all of the apps that you use at work or at home. Um, so you may not know who we are, but the people that run insert app here on your phone definitely know who we are. So we make sure the apps run. We make sure they run regularly and that they run safely, almost more importantly. Great. Um, just curious. So who's the main buyer? Like, I guess, who do you guys sell to? Just curious. A lot from. of IT folks, a lot of CISOs, so uh, security professionals. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I guess in your role, we talk about digital intelligence, digital experience. I'm assuming there's a lot of data streams, different sources that you guys are pulling from, looking at. Um, with, I guess, the, the whole goal of uh, improving the customer experience, right? Um, can you kind of share an example of what that process is um, and then what you mean by digital properties? Yeah, so uh, maybe I'll start there first. When we say digital properties, I always joke internally if it happens on the internet or if it happens in Google, it's either my fault or I care deeply about it. Um, so my primary focus at work is F5.com. So that's our primary, some folks like to call it the marketing website. I just call it our company's website. It's our front door. Um, but when you look at the customer journey all the way from awareness through, you know, discover, learn, try, buy, own, use, et cetera, there's a lot of digital touch points that come into play there. There's where you log in to pay your bill. 
There's where you log in to use the product. There's where you log in to get customer support. Those are all part of the digital customer experience. And so there's something I care deeply about. And I work across the organization to make those as meaningful and as simple to use as possible, largely leveraging data, like you mentioned. Um, my most common source of data and data intelligence is going to be web analytics, like I'm sure it is for a lot of the people that are using this uh, product, user, using user testing. Um, web analytics is pretty foundational to what we do, but that's certainly not the only data source. Um, we do a lot of testing. Testing is a data source, it's a data channel. So user testing comes into play. Um, but we also have our, our customer database, right? So um, uh, various different data sources in there, how people are using our products, the telemetry type data. Um, the process... Telemetry data. Talk to me about that. Yeah, um, so like how people are actually using the product, like how often they're logging in or what things they're engaging with. Uh, so tell you portal. kind of usage and adoption. Yeah. Of, okay. Yeah. And that's of the logged in, obviously, yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you say your digital property, so you've got the logged out experience, which is your website, you've got the logged in experience, which is logging into the product. And then you also have where a customer would come in to log in to pay a bill. Yeah. Right. And within your role, you oversee those three different experiences. I would not say oversee. No, I would say largely partner with those teams okay. to help make the best possible user experience. So we're talking about devs, engineers, business owners, kind of all over the all over the the universe of F5 who are building their product and building their ecosystem and trying to make it as seamless as possible. Um, uh, I guess just kind of curious with when it comes to kind of testing, uh, what, are, what are the different things where that you, you, you find yourself to be testing? So you're using kind of your Google Analytics, Web Analytics. Are there certain things and data uh, that you look at that tells you uh, whether, you know, something needs to kind of be investigated a little bit more and then do you kind of apply any sort of kind of qualitative testing on top of that? What's what's kind of that relationship of like the things that you guys test and why you test or is there data helping you inform why you should test? Sure. So I think of testing kind of um, a one coin, two sides of the coin. So user testing largely falls onto one side of the coin. So I've got a UX, uh, UX folks on my team who are looking at building experiences, partnering with design, partnering with the dev to make sure that we're building out the best possible experiences. And user testing allows us to test a lot of those designs and test those functionalities before we ever go and invest dev resources uh, into creating them. As a lot of people probably can relate to, dev resources are often hard to come by. Um, so we like to use them intelligently and user testing allows us to do that, it allows us to validate our hypotheses, validate the designs um, that they are creating engagements that are what we are trying to create. Like we're creating purposeful engagements. So that's half of it. And then the other half is using technology like an Optimize, Optimizely, in our case, Adobe Target, to make iterative improvements once all of that work is, is, is born out, is live in the production environment. Then we can test and iterate from there, whether we're trying to tweak conversion rates or trying to make sure people are getting um, to the content down at the bottom of the page or whatever the whatever the little problem is that we're trying to solve um, that we can do iterative testing on the front end to make sure that we're optimizing that experience. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Makes sense. I, I'm just I, I'm curious how you think of the world of kind of like brand and then web performance or conversion rate optimization, because I feel like, you know, sometimes it's the more simple journeys that maybe have better, you know, performance or results. But then there's kind of that area where the brand and the experience and those touch points kind of like come together. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm I'm just kind of curious how in your world you're looking at bringing in kind of that the brand and the creative elements and 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 fostering kind of that uh, along with you know ensuring performance and site um, you know metrics and performance and things like that. Yeah, that you just covered a ton of really important things that are all part of the matrix of things we have to worry about as digital professionals, right? So we're talking about brand and brand perception. Um, that's that's absolutely a huge part of it. Every good experience that you create with your customer is part of your brand. Yeah. So is every bad experience. So is every frustrating experience. And you talked a little bit about the simple things. I think sometimes those are the easiest to overlook. It's like you focus so much on creating this big, beautiful customer journey and you forgot that the the button you can't click on it or the the copy you have to click on the button and not the copy or whatever you know it's it's not as functional as uh, one would like (laughs) it's so easy to just kind of overlook that stuff because you're so focused on on the big things um so looking at our data regularly and interrogating that data to make sure that we haven't missed something that we haven't accidentally optimized our way into a really frustrating experience you can see that using you know different visuals and things like flowcharts and and um abandonment rates and things like that through the process. Um, but it, it it also, you talked about the creative aspects of it. So working with your designers, working with the people who create the copy and the, the writing, which is how your brand comes to life on the page, right, is making sure we're also bringing those folks in. So in our weekly testing, just an example of how we do that, we have a weekly testing meeting um, where we've got folks from, we've got writers who are there with us. I've got designers that are there with us. I've got creative folks that come in and they all weigh in on every single test we do, whether it's even if it's just to weigh in and say, yes, I approve (laughs) or to champion something like, actually, have you thought of this problem in this way? Or have you thought of this implication of this decision that you're making and how it might impact for good or for worse? Um, But it really is a collaborative effort because there's no way that me, that myself, I'm going to able to represent all of those different, you know, professional areas. So that collaboration really becomes super key, all all in the testing conversation. And so we get everybody involved. There's no no man left behind on that one. Well, that's important, right? Because then there's kind of just like a shared understanding in the room of, you know, looking at the numbers and then, you know, taking it back and saying, okay, my role, right, and my responsibilities, and then how do we support from right. the brand perspective, the creative perspective, the the digital, the the copy, and so, um, yeah, no, that's that's important to kind of get everybody kind of rallying around the data together. Absolutely, and I think creative professionals bring a lot to those processes. Data is is really powerful, but data is only as valuable as the insights and the stories that you can pull out of it. And I think. The, the creative professionals, the designers, the writers, they see a lot of clarity through the mud that like I'm not always able to see. My my analytics people aren't always able to see and they just add a ton of value. So they're they're really integral into that part of the work. So making sure, like you said, we're bringing that brand experience um, to the customer and through the testing that we're doing. Reduce your average sprint time and get your products to market faster with continuous customer feedback from user testing. Whether you're launching a new product or prototype, get real-time video feedback straight from the source. Digital product teams leverage the user testing human insight platform to help them make their most critical development decisions, always putting the customer first. Target your exact audience, ask questions, and get a window into their world. Result, your teams are building better products and experiences that your customers love. 
To get started, visit usertesting.com slash audio. Let's talk about um, prototyping. Where does prototyping kind of fall uh, within the marketing organization? Um, how do you guys approach prototyping to kind of validate or vet, you know, an early concept? That is one of the more fun parts of what we get to do because it's a clean slate, right? Um, optimization, especially as it relates to A-B testing or CRO, is often taking what you already have and working to tweak and make it better. Um, and I think one of the things that's hardest to overcome in that process is getting stuck in what you already have. Um, unless you kind of actively work and force yourself to challenge every assumption, um, you it, you're going to miss stuff. You're going to not I hate the think outside the box thing, but like you're literally not thinking out of the box when you're looking, when you're starting from where where you are. Um, prototyping allows you to literally take a clean slate and say, well, forget what we have. What do we want to see? What could we see? What could we do? Art of the possible kind of thing. Um, so, you know, every so every so often, I think it's important to start uh, that type of exercise and, and take an art of the possible type of approach to what could we do if this navigation didn't exist? What could we do if these limitations didn't exist? What does that look like? And let's go, let's go ask some people, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, that's obviously really high level philosophical view on your question. Yeah. But from a very real perspective, I think it allows us to take a very clean slate approach to solving the problems that the business brings to us or that we bring to the business even sometimes and say, well, what what would we do? How would we solve this problem if none of these things existed? And does that work? Uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you end up with the same old nav because that's how the internet works, right? We're not, <laughs> we're not creating, you know, a new internet here. Um, people expect navigational items. People expect certain elements, but it does kind of force you to start from scratch. And I really appreciate that. Just, just curious, come out with all the testing that you guys are doing. Are there, has there been any, you know, kind of uh, breakthrough perspectives that you've kind of captured in the sense of unexpected outcomes? You know, you might have thought that you know something should have been done this way, and come to find out after doing some testing, validating it, you realized that hey, we need to do a quick pivot and make some changes here. Uh, just curious, like any unexpected, you know, outcomes that have come from some of your testing that you didn't think were going to happen. Yeah, but I'm not coming up with any great big sexy example uh -huh. for you right now. I think that happens all the time and I love it because it means we've learned something new. Um, being wrong means that we have the opportunity to correct an assumption or correct an understanding that we had. Um, and in fact, in this last quarter, I was doing a summary for um, a presentation that I had to give on all the tests that we ran in the quarter. And I kind of I was laughing as I was as I was pulling the material together. I was like, well, this one was a fail. This one we didn't reach stat sig. This one we didn't reach stat sig. This one was a fail. And like one of them was a success in the traditional sense. Um, and some people might say, well, that feels like a giant waste of time. Absolutely not, because it was the test was proposed based on a hypothesis. And the goal is to learn something through that process, not to just simply validate a hypothesis. Right. right? True. Yeah. Um, so every time we conclude a test for whatever reason, we've gotten better and we've gotten smarter. Um, so that happens all the time. Like I said, not some big sexy example where we're like, oh, we really believe that if you put a contact sales button on every single page, everybody's going to click it more often. No, I don't have an example of that. Um, but, but there's a learning moment to each one of those, constantly, right? Constantly. And I think that's my favorite part because... It really feeds into the curiosity that keeps things exciting. 
you know, there's that moment where you're like, oh, that did not go down how I thought it was. It's like the plot twist in the movie. You know, it kind of makes you uncomfortable, but you can't do anything but be entertained by it. You're like, what? That really? You know, and then you double check and you make sure everything was set up correctly. And then you're like, yeah, really? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I feel like as marketers, sometimes we use our conventional wisdom and we say like, you know what? That, that's what's going to work. I, I I know the audience. Yeah. You do some some testing of your creatives, of your walk up lines, and you s- realize it was not received in the in the manner in which you had intended Absolutely. it to be. Um, and sometimes you got to flip the script and you know take take the the insight that was given and you know maybe it's not what you had originally thought or preferred or you know that, that the vision that that you had around it, but you kind of you do what it's going to impact the customers and what the customers say they need and want so absolutely and hey i'm really glad that we tested that because now we know if can have we know that we were wrong <laughs> and we we checked that assumption before we marched down that road now we have the opportunity to figure out what the right path actually is um not you know i always call the the ron popeel marketing which i don't I know how many people are old enough to know ron popeel but you can't just set it and forget it it's not the the set it and forget it ron popeel moment you have to like actively you know do the care and the feeding of all of these things, including your assumptions. <laughs> I remember uh, when marketing automation kind of just came out. We had email marketing and marketing automation technology. It was kind of that whole set it, forget it type yeah. concept, right? Like you can build the programs, you can set it, and you forget it. It's going to be delivered at the right time to the right person. <laughs> but it's right. Like, you know, is that is that really the right way to do it? Uh, I don't know. But uh, um, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, I'm just curious, uh, your, your tech stack, right? Um, I'm assuming you guys are using quite a few different technologies um, what does a tech stack look like for you in your role? It's it's a constantly changing uh, landscape. I think we call it the NASCAR slide at work, where we've got all the different <laughs> logos of the different of the different technology that we're using. Right now, though, specifically to the website, we are using a lot of Adobe products. So I mentioned Adobe Adobe Target. I probably mentioned Adobe Analytics uh, in there just out of habit. Um, of course, we use the Googles of the world. I've used Optimize, Optimizely. Now we use Adobe Target. Um, Marketo, Salesforce, kind of common, uh, common stuff. Uh, of course, user testing is is in the stack. shout out to user testing. Shout out to user testing.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's definitely a key a key player in our stack. And we recently added Knot, which is a tool that I'm excited to to start playing with to look at content efficacy. So um, I always joke, gosh, it would be so much easier if we just sold shoes because I could just measure, you know, visit to click to conversion to cash and all of the really straightforward. Yeah. You're selling B2B enterprise technology for security professionals. These si- cycles are long. Long journeys, yeah. Um, yes, you have conversion points throughout there, but like it's not as straightforward as buying a pair of tennis shoes. Um, so content efficacy and measuring engagement on things is a really core piece of the funnel. And are we moving people down the funnel? Are we moving them down the funnel effectively and without friction and in the speed in which we would like to see them be moving and so yeah with the so that that that's an interesting point so you talk about content efficacy right so i'm assuming are you guys doing some sort of like multi-touch model to understand what content is helping to to move you know a prospect through that funnel or what how do you measure content efficacy that is a really great question and one that's really hard i mean so we have uh, you know I, I think probably all marketers at this point are, are looking at lots of different attribution models, whether first touch, last Last touch, touch, probably not last touch, but um, definitely a multi-touch. So certainly with content journeys that span the length of time that that ours do, and for folks that similarly, you are trying to look as full journey as you can. 
Um, it is really hard, though, because you're talking about really long journeys. We're also talking about buying groups of people. It's not an individual. So suddenly your cookie starts to be kind of meaningless. Well, cookies are going to, I mean, everything I'm reading any right day, now. Any day now. Any day now. waiting. And they talk about how customer feedback and, and kind of qualitative feedback is going to be kind of rising up in in you know importance because once cookies go away absolutely you need to understand who your customers are understand how they buy adopt use and things of that nature so yeah and as we're thinking about the the customer journey and the content that applies to that customer journey it really requires a really deep customer understanding of like what are the questions that they have throughout the journey and what is our answer what is our content response to that question and making sure that we've built into the website, the interface, whatever whatever product that they're in at that moment, we've built in easy ways for them to get to their next question, which means also we have to know what the next question is. So there's UI elements there. There's deep customer insights there. And then, of course, there's all the data that either validates or invalidates whether we did it right to begin with. Well, it seems like you've got uh, a busy, busy job, uh, quite important role, obviously, uh, on behalf of the company. So um you know, digital marketers. Well, it takes it takes a team. We've got a lot of folks focused on on the digital experience there, and I'm just the loudest one today. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're 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 one of the players, right? I, I'd say marketing in general is very much of a team sport, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, just like these conferences, I always say it's all these you know different folks across the organization come together. They have their roles and they make things happen. And so, I think in marketing as well, we each have defined roles. You know, we roll up our sleeves and, and we make things happen. So, Absolutely. you know, you know, before I let you go, uh, one question uh, we, around AI. I think it's kind of all the buzz right now. Oh, yes. Uh, every buzz. <laughs> and and as, as marketers, right, I, I'd love to just kind of ask you what your thoughts are on AI and how you see it, you know, whether it's evolving, you know, the marketing, digital marketing discipline or, you know, experience research. Talk to me about AI. What's your initial thoughts of it? Right now, I feel a little bit like I'm drinking from the AI fire hose. And I probably a every lot of company people... all of a sudden is just like, we've had AI. Here we are. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of companies, ours included, have actually been doing a lot of work in AI for a very long time now. It just hadn't been getting the buzz or wasn't called that. Well, see, that's that's the interesting thing. I think you bring yeah. a good point is because I think a lot of companies have invested in, you know, chief scientists and building Absolutely. out AI. But I don't think the market and consumers were ready to to know and fully embrace the fact that what was being automated or how it was being automated was actually AI or machine yeah. learning, right? And then all of a sudden, I feel like it happened overnight in the last 30 days. It was like, all of a sudden, like we became a little bit more comfortable and open to the idea that, hey, like AI can kind of help. It can, can transform well, the way that we do things. And they gave us something that we could play with. It's that chat GBT, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people, until you give me something I can literally put my hands on, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. Like, well, okay, this, you're telling me this is going to change the world, but like, I don't see it. Now I can see it because I can go into ChatGPT and ask it whatever you're going to ask it. Right? I've heard some funny stories. What have you, what, what, what have you uh, put into ChatGPT? I, I've i tried a lot of things. The last one I tried was actually uh, as a result of something I read on X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it yeah, now. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, some, <laughs> some guy uh, had shared a thread about how he basically did some meal planning prepping with ChatGPT. He like gave it all of their food preferences, um, favorite meals, like calorie limitations, macro requirements that he wanted to have. And, you know, it was iterative. It wasn't... Well, you have to prompt it, right? You got to give yeah. it some information. Yeah, so it's all about yeah, getting yeah. the prompts right. And he, basically, <laughs> the output was this incredible meal plan and a grocery shopping list. And I thought, now that 
is a helpful use of chat GPT that I can get behind. So I, I haven't, I haven't fully deployed that tool yet, but it was something that I played with and I thought it was really fun. All right, Christy, thank you so much for joining. Um, if someone wants to learn more about you, where should they go? Uh, you can definitely try to find me on X slash Twitter, whatever we're calling it <laughs> whatever now. Whatever we're calling it right now. I'm at X Christy, Twitter. at K-R-I-S-T-Y, uh, first name club, hashtag first name club. Um, I don't use it that much anymore. So LinkedIn is a great place to find me. Christy Morrison on LinkedIn is a great way to reach out. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find the show notes at usertesting.com slash podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, this is Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing.